Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Eighty-seven percent of all Filipinos who enter uh, the public school system do not proceed to graduate from high school. It's nothing that just education can fix. Health is a big issue. So when one or both parents get sick or a sibling right. gets sick, it really just derails um, the plans and the stability of the mm-hmm. family. I think we're also not talking enough about the effect of our beloved OFWs. We miss them. Our families miss them. It's just that goes back to that idea. You can't send your child to a teacher and tell the teacher, raise my child. It's, it's always in partnership with the family. Conversations with Randy David explores the various aspects of culture, politics, religion, and everything else that makes us Filipino. Listen in on the conversation with today's guest, Clarissa Delgado, co-founder of Teach for the Philippines. Clarissa, welcome to my podcast. Thank you for being here. Oh, Randy, it's an honor to be here. You're, you've been a mentor to so many of us that work for this country. So thank you for everything you've done, and I'm excited for the hour ahead. What exactly is Teach for the Philippines, and what do you hope to accomplish? The primary vision of Teach for the Philippines is simply to uphold the constitutional right that every Filipino has to an excellent education as provided by the country and the state. And you want the educational system to be inclusive. So there are key words when we talk about education and teach for the Philippines would be relevant, inclusive, and excellent. And I think relevant would speak to an education that is beyond just getting a job, but an education that is relevant to the human being, a holistic education. Uh, Then inclusive would mean the deep recognition that the Filipino people are made up of a wide range of abilities, Mm -hmm. a wide range of indigenous affiliations and Mm -hmm. groups. Uh, a wide range of religions, Mm -hmm. and that all of us together in these 7,600 islands Mm -hmm. deserve an excellent and high quality Mm -hmm. education. And it's almost always the case that the type of school you go to from the basic uh, grade school to high school almost always determines uh, the path that you're going to take in in your adult life. Well, I think if you think of education as a liberation of your mind, Right and of uh, of being able to open your mind to the different possibilities. You learn, you 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 learn, you unlearn, uh, so that you understand that everything you do now is a choice, and you, that you can chart your own future. Mm-hmm. You have agency. 
then yes, uh, I think that teaching that in our school system is critical for us to break the cyclical generational poverty that mm -hmm. is so difficult uh, for us to get out of. Teach for the Philippines is a private initiative yes. to uh, assist in the reform of the public educational system, basically. Where, where do you get your money? About 10 or 20 percent of our funding we try to source from public uh, partnerships with the local governments that we work in, and the remainder is a diversified portfolio of funding that I seek in the private and international sector. So essentially you recruit very young, um, mostly new graduates of uh, the finest uh, universities and colleges in our country, and you deploy them as uh, public elementary school teachers. Uh, we have three different programs. The first is the fellowship. We try to raise the prestige of the teaching profession by attracting Filipino leaders with high potential, right? In, mm -hmm. Inside and outside of schools, 40% of our new teachers are young professionals that actually will leave their career uh, in the early stage to pivot and to start uh, perhaps a new passion by teaching for two years in public schools and we help them get their licensure examination for teachers their license and uh, we place them in schools all over the country mm -hmm. but their course in college may not be education no? and when it is not we give them the 18 credits of basic education they need to sit for the let hi i'm shailene castillo i'm teaching at each bautista elementary school Michael was the student who caused me so much headache during my first year as a teacher fellow at Teach for the Philippines. So one of the tasks that I gave him was to take care of a small plant in front of our classroom. So before class starts, he never forgets to water the plants until it grew. At the end of the quarter, I decided to give him the leadership award because of the commitment that he showed in the task given to him. I learned through his family that it was Michael's first award in school at the age of 13. I just want to thank Michael for reminding me what is true, that leadership starts with a sense of responsibility. Our second program works with existing public school teachers, so we recognize that within the DepEd system itself, there are incredible professionals and incredible mm -hmm. teachers, and it is incumbent on us to look for them. And we have any, in every year about 100 teachers that we manage. Our third program is an effort for us to be of service to the administrators. Typically, when you invest in education, you can bucket your investments in either access or quality. Mm -hmm. uh, access would be building schools, scholarships, uh, home to school, so bikes, boats, etc. About 80-90% of the investments in education, not just in the Philippines but worldwide, are in access interventions because these are easy to count. We saw all of this and said, well, what about the remaining 20% of, 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 of funds, of support, of interest in quality interventions? Because even if you get everybody to school, yeah. If we're not investing in the teacher and the administrators, then you have a beautiful building or you have a beautiful bus system. Mm -hmm. But what is actually, where is the learning happening? Mm -hmm. And it is in the combination of these two that excellent, relevant and inclusive education happen. But right now, the balance is very much tipped in access. So our third program is about how we can bridge 
former public school teachers that have been trained by Teach for the Philippines for a minimum of two years to then support the administrators working for education and youth policy mm -hmm. because they also need help. Less than 1% of those who are graduating from grade school are really adequately prepared for high school. And you intend to remedy a situation like that by training um, teachers and, and recruiting the best uh, possible um, teachers uh, for the public school system in a country and a society which really doesn't place a very high value on, on the, the teaching profession. You seem to have no problem recruiting uh, the very best of, of college graduates. How do you do it? I think one of the important factors about Teach for the Philippines is our steadfast belief in coming from a place of empathy when dealing with the system that, in a way, all Filipinos have been underserved by our system for many, many years. So the way which we work with DepEd, which has been successful, is again... Um, all of our programs, the ambassadors program, which in which we take former teachers and yeah. bring them to um, administrative roles. And so we are in constant dialogue with the people we serve, whether that be the parents, the students themselves, uh, their teachers, our co-teachers or the administrators to develop ways in which our program can be of service to them. We're not trying to tell them that this is the one skill you need to do and what we can definitely sit down with you, have an honest discussion about where your challenges are right now and how we can be of help. Mm -hmm. So one of the things we heard for the fellowship program, for example, would be that teachers were very much interested in professional development, but that they needed more frequent in-person time, but that this was expensive. Mm -hmm. And so what Teach for the Philippines did, we view ourselves again as the innovation arm of the government, and we said, okay, we can fundraise to create a, essentially two-year training and individual coaching program that will be fundamentally focused on improving the, the quality of your methodology and pedagogy in the classroom. Mm -hmm. So if you were a teacher with us, Randy, we would have somebody who was working with you on an individual capacity to observe your classrooms mm -hmm. and really help you deepen your craft, mm -hmm. the art and science of teaching. What has been the response? We definitely have an oversupply of applications. Um, for the new teachers, I think it's a little bit more of an ask because I think one of the challenges we face is the right raising the prestige of the public school teaching profession. And we also compete with a lot of private sector companies for their talent. A lot of them are the breadwinners for their families. So there's a lot of overlays of Philippine society that make it difficult to make this choice. Many of us have to support our siblings as they go through school and cannot mm -hmm. pursue these avenues if if it's not beneficial to the whole family. So in the last seven years that you uh, have had this program, how many teaching fellows mm -hmm. have you been able to recruit? A little over 300. Uh, and then we've taught at least 70,000 students. 70,000 yeah. out of 27 million. Doesn't that strike you as a... Not even a drop in the bucket. <laughs> it, well, that doesn't take into account the impact of our third program, wherein mm -hmm, we, we channel our former teachers teachers that are interested to assist uh, policymakers. So we have a number of our alumni working in the Department of Education. Of 
Hi, I'm Ole Lopez and I work in the CHED K-12 Transition Program Management Unit as a Teacher Training Officer and I am from the 2014 cohort. As an education advocate in the government sector, specifically working in the Commission on Higher Education, our greatest contribution to the sector would be producing Filipino graduates who are not just uh, critical thinkers but critical thinkers with the heart who can globally compete in the world. To just illustrate how relevant and important this is um, and just about how much it then begins to impact all 27 million in one go. Mm. So there is a definite focus of the Department of Education currently to focus on the alternative learning systems, yeah. you know, technology and STEM uh, program. And as they design this new and adjusted curriculum, a number of our former teachers are, are helping roll this out. They can look at a, a paper and a memo and a policy and immediately translate to that to how it would look like in the classroom mm -hmm. and thereby bridge the challenges mm -hmm. that frontline teachers face mm -hmm. with the challenges that backroom administrators face. The other place where our teachers add value is um, the technology gap. A lot of our administrators grew up and were taught before the technological revolution mm -hmm. and so struggle to understand how to digitize. Mm -hmm. And obviously our new teachers, as well as our younger experienced teachers, grew up mm -hmm. with it and are able to more quickly adapt the offices. Clarissa, you know, what struck me about Teach for the Philippines is that it is a laboratory. As a sociologist, I would be very, very interested in knowing uh, a little about the experiences of people that you send to the public school system. I actually don't know if I, if I can speak to any conclusive challenges. I, I shy away from that only because I think it leads to silver bullet answers. Assuming that this was not a seven-headed hydra, that every time you fix one head or chop off one head, you know, that it will stay chopped off. No, 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 Education mm -hmm. is, you, you fix one and then something else sprouts elsewhere. Mm -hmm. And I think in the discourse of saying it is just this that is the, mm -hmm. the challenge, we are tempted to say, oh, if that's just it, then we can develop an NGO to fix this and then we'll be done. Mm -hmm. Bada bing, bada boom, we can walk away. I saw um, a piece of statistic which says that 87% of all Filipinos who enter uh, the public school system do not proceed to graduate the, um, uh, from high school. What is behind that? It's nothing that just education can fix. Yes. Health is a big issue. So when one or both parents get sick or a sibling right. gets sick, it really just derails um, the plants and the stability of the mm -hmm. family. Though you need medicines, if you get into, if you get hurt and you need surgery, any of the number of yeah. things that have happened to us in our lifetime, uh, when mm. you have just enough to make it by, any deviation really affects your cash flow. Okay. I think the other challenge is um, a lot of internal migration in our country, mm -hmm. whether it's because of. Uh, natural disasters mm -hmm. or economic opportunity. They live here for the week and then go back home for the weekend into their to, to their province. There's a lot of language mis mismatch in our schools in Pangasinan. A lot come from I I the Ilocos region, speak a completely different you know yeah. language. Uh, those are added 
complications uh, to the overall system. I think we're also not talking enough about the effect of our beloved OFWs. Our families miss them. It's just that goes back to that idea. You can't send your child to a teacher and tell the teacher, raise my child. It's, it's always in partnership yeah. with the family. And yeah. if one of those two missing pieces that's, that's point, are yeah. absent, um, well, the teacher can't do it by themselves, yeah. right? Um, mm-hmm. They cannot be your nurse, your guidance counselor. Mm-hmm. Your, you know. Especially if you're teaching 60 to 70 students yeah. in one class. That's why we look for allies within mm-hmm. the system because mm-hmm. it's going to take all of us uh, to contribute to not just focus on education, but health, but on DSWD, on um, POEA, like all of these agencies aligning about exactly what do we wish for ourselves as a country? (laughs) What is our vision for the nuclear Filipino family? Some broader national alignment around this vision. Take another problem, Clarissa, the the problem of quality education. Mm. Less than 1% of those who graduate from elementary school are really ready for high school. No? And that some of them uh, may be able to read and write, but they don't understand what they're reading or, or writing. What's behind that? It's a confluence of so many things. The principals, the regional directors, the teachers. I don't think that um, even DEPED administrators, that we do enough to support them in their own professional development. Mm-hmm. Um, we assume you just you know, get nominated into this position and then everything falls into place. If you have executive coaches for your CEOs, then certainly uh, there should be executive coaches for the most important members in our public mm-hmm. um, in our public service and, and our teachers as well. That's why we do individualized coaching. Mm-hmm. When I reflect back on the kind of teachers that I had in grade school and high school, I don't have very much to complain about. Mm-hmm. I think that they were all prepared. They loved the profession. And, and one important thing is that um, teachers were always held in high regard in the local community. I think that's critical. And I, I think that we need to revisit and understand why we don't, well, why we no longer do the same. You never feel overwhelmed by the enormity of the problem that you are about to give up? And don't you ever feel that this is uh, not going anywhere? I'm really lucky that this whole journey, I've never felt alone. So mm-hmm. Teach for the Philippines was founded by three co-founders. Um, mm-hmm. My other two co-founders, Lizzie and Margarita, have never, ever let me feel alone mm-hmm. in what I'm doing. I have the support from my board um, that is there with me every step of the way. Um, many uh, Six of our board members meet every month uh, to listen and to guide. And most importantly, um, I think that is why we started Teach for the Philippines. None of us feel alone. I, mm-hmm. I now have a community 300 plus strong Mm-hmm. of individuals that I reach out to on Messenger, on WhatsApp, on Viber, um, to get through the bad days. It's none of us walk alone. And I think that gives us strength and keeps us on the straight and narrow. We're accountable to each other. We feel it strongly. And in that accountability and responsibility, we feel it togetherness. You have been in operation now for seven years, and I'm really impressed by the, the number and the quality of, of young Filipino leaders you have been able to bring into the program. 
What do you see for Teach for the Philippines for in the next seven years? Uh, I'd like to be able to say that in almost 100% of our cities, we have had multi-generational relationships that have spanned a decade where we have all three of our programs running successfully for numerous generations of uh, teacher fellows as well as existing public school teachers. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to be able to tell you that we're doing that not just in three or four cities that mm-hmm. we have now, uh, but in you know, the 17, 19 cities that we work in. I'd like to be able to meet more mayors and find ways in which they would be willing to support the salaries of these teacher fellows mm-hmm. um, and work with us uh, and, and help us get out there and get invited, you know, to the mm-hmm. cities. I'd like to be able to tell you that a number of public and private partnerships have started between our fellows that have entered the private sector and become vice presidents at banks, which we have, Mm -hmm. um, and how they have reached out with their former school community and have decided to create something that's supportive of that school community in a way that only a person with relevant experience would be able to come up with. To see that mushrooming, that change mushrooming, that hope really coming into fruition all over our country led by Filipinos themselves. I'd love to be able, I have stories now, but what I want in seven or so years is is stories that have taken a life of their own. Hi, I'm Enzo Diarty Kinsho. I'm currently a consultant at Tech for Good. I'm from the 2015 cohort. As an advocate in the corporate sector, I want to see how the corporate sector can give their helping hands to those who are in the education sector. Bilang naging bahagi ako ng sector ng edukasyon, gusto kong ako rin yung maging mukha doon sa mga taong nandoon sa corporate sector na ito yung classroom, ito yung public school. Meron tayong pwedeng gawin. Hindi na lang tayo makikisimpatsya, kasali rin tayo. Conversations with Randy David would not have been possible without the help of Puma Podcast, music composed by LM Kansho. You may reach us via email at rsd.podcast at gmail.com. You may also follow us on Facebook at Conversations with Randy David and on Twitter at Prof. Randy David. This is Kara David, hoping that you can listen in again in the next episode. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.